I want to read some mom tweets to you. It's Mother's Day, and uh, obviously moms have uh, the greatest and also the most challenging job in the world. Uh, I, you know, the thing about moms is, uh, you know, you know you're, you're faithful, you're committed, you're dedicated. Sometimes it feels like survival, and you don't get to step back and go, wow, you know, look at what, look at what, because you don't get a headline. You don't get a newspaper article that you kept the house from burning down and the kids from killing each other. Like that doesn't get put on the news every day when you accomplish that, but you still accomplish it. And it's amazing what moms do to support families and support husbands and, and all those kinds of things. And so the mom role is, is really an interesting one uh, because there's times where as just a normal day goes on, I could imagine you lay your head down and you go, man, was that worth it? Like, am I, is this what it's all meant to be? And so I hope that my sermon here encouraged you this morning that it is, that God made you and placed you for the place that you're in right now, and that good is coming from it. Amen? There's a couple of funny mom tweets that I want to read. I pulled these offline, just some funny ways to, to really see the truths of being a mom. It says this, went out for the first time without my baby, which is exciting. You've had a new one. You get to go out for the first time. You get your own space. First thing I talked about, my baby, <laughs> right? So true. As a mom, I pray for my baby to sleep quietly through the night. Why? So I can lay awake worried that I'm not hearing a sound from my baby. <laughs> so true. I'm pretty sure postpartum hair loss is a result of not getting to take your ponytail out for 10 days, not hormones. As a new mom, my Google search history contains things that should never be discussed with other humans. <laughs> not sure if I should be more concerned with my son who locked me out of the bedroom or the one who showed me how to pick the lock. <laughs> You're all guilty of this one, and so just be ready. Currently, I'm helping my son search for his chocolate that I ate last night. <laughs> uh, so fun to be a parent. There's craziness and blessing, and craziness, and blessing, but, but it really is, the scripture says, our kids are a gift, like we're, it's a gift that the kids, our kids are in our life, and that we, that we're, we're chosen, and qualified to parent them, and be a part of their life, and even as grandparents, you know, your role changes, but you get to come alongside them, and, and support the parents, and encourage, and, and, and just the legacy continues, and the, the generational blessing continues, and so there's a lot of stuff that come with it, there's things that we don't like, I personally, there's one thing that I don't like, to do, and that's get the kids dressed. Uh, Jess will come to me, which is an easy task, and she'll say, like, walk up with an outfit, and I'm just like, oh, I got to change their clothes, only because it wasn't so bad with my daughter, but my son, Charlie, uh, he's two years old. I'm pretty sure he knows how to make getting dressed the most difficult. He'll, like, bunch up his arm and stick out his elbow, and you know how they're supposed to put their feet out so the pants just go on? He doesn't. He holds it the wrong way. Everything is a fight. The person that invents a way that we can hang the kids in midair so you can just slip pants up and a shirt on, like, you take my money. Whatever you want, you can, because getting dressed, especially with a little difficult one like that, is just such a thing. And then you know how it is. Like, if one outfit makes it through the whole day, like, you're journaling about that, right? Like, today was a good day, only one outfit, because it's just a crazy thing. But, you know, spiritually, God talks about how we dress our kids 
And I'm not talking in the physical anymore. I'm talking about spiritually. The Bible addresses that there is a garment that we're to put on our kids. The scripture mentions things like uh, we carry a garment of praise, meaning the way that we talk and the way that we live. There's there's a thing that you wear. Many of you have probably ran into somebody and you've talked to them. You just said something like, man, there's just something different about them. There's just something on them that makes them different. I believe that's what the scripture is alluding to, that, that you can carry a uniqueness and something different on you. Uh, we just came back from a, a conference a couple of weeks ago where uh, Pastor Eric Johnson was speaking. He's a seventh or eighth generation minister. They have a really cool church in California. Many of you might know their, their lead pastor uh, is Bill Johnson. Uh, or senior, whatever they call him now, but just an amazing ministry down there that walks in healing. And um, many of the songs that we do, like Jesus Culture and Bethel Music, all come out of that place. And uh, he's a seventh or eighth generation minister. And you can just tell the way that he talks and the way that the church operates. Like, man, there is a generational anointing. There's a strength that's been carried and handed on. As a matter of fact, hospitals in California, uh, when they can't do anything more for cancer patients or anybody else, literally the secular hospitals Hospitals will say, hey, there, you know, there's nothing more we can do here, but we do know of this church down the road that when they pray for people, they get healed. And they and like churches or hospitals are referring people. Why? Because I believe that like they've built up generational and legacy, just they've added to the anointings. And so it's important for us to dress up our kids spiritually and, and put things on them to prepare them in life. Uh, we hand down garments. I'll show you here in scripture, but your grandparents, your people before them, they've handed down things that they've earned in the kingdom of God and things of God that have been added on to you. And some of the time we don't even know it. Are you with me? I thought about this. Your family wears a supernatural garment unique to you. You may not be able to see it hanging in your closet, but as sure as the air you breathe, you're wearing it. Sewn by generations before it. It was designed by those who precede you in the faith, preceded you in the faith. It's made from prayer, praise, purity, and their dedication to faithfulness. And I think a lot of times the enemy loves to tell you, ah, oh, that old stuff of going to church and worshiping God and bringing your kids to Sunday school, all this kind of, why are you still doing that? That's an old thing. Those are the old days. The enemy will try to convince you that those holy garments are outdated and irrelevant. Oh, they've gone out of style. But can I tell you, it hasn't gone out of style. Can I tell you, when we dress our kids in the things of God, when we prepare them for what God has for them, and you send them on, those things never go outdated. They actually increase in their value. Are you with me? I thought about even just bringing kids to church and, 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 and praying over them at, at bedtime or wherever you pray or, or telling them the story of the things of God or getting intentional about what we're putting on our kids spiritually. All of those things matter. They've not gone out of style. It's not irrelevant. It adds to. I thought about this. The family of God, family was God's design. Family mom, dad, however it breaks down. But family was God's idea. It's God's design. And as a matter of fact, he put one of the psychiatrists say, the number one longing of the human heart is to feel connected to family, to feel like they're a part of something great or feel connected. Uh, We just, like I said, recently went to Disney World and it's a big deal because while we were there, um, a big accomplishment for our family, we got Jesse from Toy Story. We had Buzz, we had Woody. But we finally got Jesse. And so Caroline dragged Jesse through the airport and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and we did all that. But do you know what the first thing Caroline did when we got home to the house? 
She brought Jesse in the house. She ran into the house, and she went and found Buzz and Woody. Why? Because there's this longing in the human heart. It's even the way that we play as kids. You gather things, and they played together as a set, or my son will go get multiple monster trucks, or you, you're always all throughout your life building scenarios, feeling connected to groups and family. Are you with me? Because God's idea, of it's his idea. Family is how God operates, and generations speak to one another. Psalm 145.4 says, one generation will praise unto another generation meaning our generations will speak of God to one another, will praise of the things that he's done. So you as a mom, when you got the kids and stuff's getting spilled and broken and screaming and crying, all of that kind of stuff, and you're still in there adding to their garment what God has put in your heart and you're speaking, what you're doing is you're building up praise that's going to speak to multiple generations. Are you with me? The scripture gives us an idea of this in Exodus 29, 29. It says, the holy garments of Aaron shall be for his sons after him. They shall be anointed in them and ordained in them. So it's saying, hey, these garments that I'm going to pass, and they're talking about in the natural, these things have a, a generational mindset. The thing that I'm wearing, the way that I'm living, the way that I'm presenting myself, the way that I'm carrying myself in culture, it's being put on me so that one day it can be put on them. Are you with me? So it's important what we put in our lives. It's important the things that we make priority. It's important the things that we make a value because whatever you value, whatever you give time to, you're going to pass on to the next one. We need to make sure it's the right thing. Are you with me? And that's what moms get the incredible blessing to do is they get to hold the little ones and they get to sabotage, pray. You do it. You kiss them and you pray. You pick them up and you pray. You see him doing stuff, and I call it throwing a prayer. But I see him do stuff, and I, I'll throw a prayer over him. And I'll say, God, keep it like that. Or, God, hold him back from that. Guard him like this and keep him like that. Those are the garments we put over them. Are you with me? That's how we got to be mindset. That's got to be our mindset is we're not just trying to survive a day. We're building a generation, generational garment. Are you with me? Mark chapter 11 Verse 24 says this really cool thing. It says, I tell you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them and they are yours. The thing he's saying here, it's like scripture says this, you have to have desire attached to your prayer if you want to see God answer it. You can't just come and do some soft, like, oh God, whatever, come whatever may, my kids will figure it out. You know, it's saying, get in your mind the garment that you want your kids to wear, the lifestyle you want them to have, the, the way that you want them to follow God, figure that out, get a desire about it, and then pray that onto their life. Are you with me? And then you'll get what, what you've prayed for. Desire accepts no defeat. You know, parents, uh, you know, especially when you're at Disney World, if they want something for their kid, they got a desire for their kid to have something, they're going to get it. <laughs> they're going to, I mean, I can't even tell you how many other little kids I pushed down on the ground this week. <laughs> but I had a desire. My kids were going to get it. And uh, if anyone stood in the way, so happy. He's like, is he joking? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want you to be that way too. Like the thing about desire is it refuses to lose. It says, no matter what I got in a desire, I'm going to see this thing through. God can work with desire. And as a parent, when you have a desire, as a mom, when you have a desire to see something in your kids, refuse to lose, 
pray it, pray it, pray it with desire over them. Speak it over them, encourage it over them because God responds to desire, amen? Proverbs talks very much about how we should have a desire for the way that we want to send our kids. I brought a few different translations of a very popular scripture. The message version of Proverbs 22.6 says, point your kids in the right direction and when they're old, they won't be lost. Have a desire, understand the garment that you're going to make for them and point them in that direction. And when they get old, they won't be lost. They're going to stay with it. They're going to stay on it because when you had them while they were young, you put something on them that stays with them. Are you with me? Proverbs 22.6 in the New Living Translation, direct your children in the right path, and when they're older, they won't leave it. Again, speaking of desire and what we're building and what, you're, what we're showing them, direct them. In order to direct them in something, you need to know something about it. You, you can't tell somebody where to go and direct them if you don't know anything about it. What I'm trying to tell you is it needs to be something in your life for you to be able to speak it to somebody else. Amen. And so we got to direct them. We got to have it in our life so we can show how to direct them. And when they get old, they won't leave it. The Living Bible translation says, teach a child to choose the right path. And when he is older, he will remain upon it. We got to teach them. It's instruction. It's, less, it's lesson. You can't just assume because you brought them through church, they're going to just catch it. We got to teach them. We got to speak about it. We got to have conversations with our kids about what it is to be on the right path. Amen. The English Standard Version says this, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Training is repetition. It's consistency. It's staying with it. If you've ever been trained in anything, whether it's hitting baseballs or golf balls or shooting or anything that you've done, one thing that you know is there's a lot of redundancy. You keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it because that's training. Many times as a parent, uh, when we're raising up our kids and we're trying to teach them or we're trying to train them, if it doesn't happen in the first couple of times, we want to quit. They're never going to get it. My kid can't do it. And we just want to quit. But we're called to train, repetition. You just keep doing it. And same thing in the things of God. You need to keep modeling worship. You need to keep modeling reading your word. You need to keep modeling generosity and, and faithfulness to church. Amen. Because training, it's a it's a repetition. We just keep going. Part of it is this. Last night, again, uh, we, my Charlie is two, and uh, he gets very specific about cups. Uh, it's not just one kind of cup. He just changes his mind every day. And so when he decides, hey, buddy, you want to drink? Yeah, I want to drink. Okay. And you go to reach for the thing. He starts telling you what cup it's going to be that day. And sometimes that cup is in the dishwasher. And then crisis ensues. And so you try to convince him of any other cup and you finally fill that cup. <coughs> you tell him, that's it. This is the cup you're getting. Your other one's dirty. You try to do the whole long, rational conversation with a two-year-old, which I don't know why we do. And, um, <laughs> and so you give him the cup. Well, his thing now is very violently, he will chuck that cup and it hits stuff and like, you know, spills. Well, last night we did that. He didn't want his cup. And so we're training him. And so we're training them. And so last night as a parent, and this speaks to some of you as a mom, last night I literally, my night consisted of, I had to call Buzz Lightyear in for help, literally. Uh, Buzz Lightyear Dow and myself sat in his bedroom and we said, Charlie, until you go, because he threw his cup, go get that cup. You know, that's your only cup. You can't do your other stuff till you go get that cup. And he just, you know, because he's me, um, <laughs> very stubbornly wouldn't do it. 
And so I said, Buzz Lightyear and I, we really want to go play, but you got to do it. And you're just sitting there thinking like, I can't believe that I'm wasting 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You look back at your day and you just go, ah, but you know what I'm doing? I'm tr it's not about the cup. Buzz Lightyear and I, we're, it's about training. It's about training. And so we said, hey, I'm training him to be obedient. I'm training him to listen. I'm training him to be a person that is going to be, you know, a quality citizen, right? <laughs> we can't walk around throwing cups. <laughs> you're going to live like that. You're going to end up going to Michigan State. I mean, you don't got a good future in, ahead for you. And so the thing about training, though, it's training doesn't look good. You miss, and it's rough, and you're not all put together, and it's not flashy, and it doesn't make a headline, and you don't get pats on the back for getting the kid to retrieve the cup. But training is the thing that God says if, if you train them, if you take the time, if you set them on it, then they're not going to get off it when they get older. Are you with me? I'll, uh, I'll close with this. One of my uh, pet peeves as a youth pastor was uh, this would happen. Uh, this, uh, you know, a teenager would start falling into some stupid choices. And, uh, and they, they would make bad choices and they'd start going down a path that they shouldn't. And the parents would come to me and they would say, hey, uh, my kid's doing this. and do it, But just so you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start bringing them to youth group. We're going to start making sure they come to church with us. We're going to stop letting them hang out with those people. We're going to start doing all this kind of stuff. And I'd be like, awesome, too late. Too late to dress your kid, right? It, I mean, it's like we, we have to dress them before they go out into culture. We have to prepare them before they head into the things of the world. We got to make sure they have what they need to go handle the things of the world. And so as a mom, I'm telling you, it may not feel glamorous. It might not feel like anything like a big deal. But I'm telling you, you're dressing them, you're preparing them. That, uh, that idea of, oh, we'll handle it later, this idea, it works like this. It would be like if as a parent, I were to pull this one. Hey, uh, you know, it looks snowy out there. You know, it looks like the weather is out there, you know, whatever's going on. But first, I'm going to take my underdressed kid or my naked kid. The way that we're going to decide what to wear is first, I'm going to stick them out in the element. And then we'll bring them back in and dress them. No, that's not how it works. What we do is we dress them for, we observe the wind, we observe the culture, we observe, and then we take the time to prepare them before we send them into it. It's too late if we've sent them into it and they're unprepared. Now I'll say this, some of you are like, man, I, I haven't been serving God very long. I've raised kids and, and, and they got out in the element and I didn't prepare them. God can redeem that. God can work with that. The scripture's full of people who've, who've been either a prodigal son or a wayward and they come back and are restored. So I don't want you of an older generation to think, man, I messed it up with my kids. I didn't, I didn't dress them. I didn't prepare them. God is a God of restoration and can do miracles. Amen. And so my encouragement to you as parents is uh, we have to be passionate about the things we want to see in our kids' lives and then dress them in it and stick with it and stay faithful to it. As a parent, it's not glamorous. I get it, moms, it's not glamorous, but you're sewing together a garment that's going to live on for generations, that they're going to put on their kids and their kids, and they're all going to be able to walk in a beautiful anointing that you've sewn together through prayer and faithfulness and, and, and church and all the things that you've sewn onto their lives is gonna speak to another generation. I love Paul. 
He says this about failure. Paul would say, when I fall, I get back up. No matter how many times I get knocked down, I get back up. Do you know that just falling down isn't the end? What causes you to lose is if you refuse to get back up. You're going to mess up as a parent. You're going to fall down. It's going to happen. But the only way you lose is if you refuse to stand back up. It's got to be people staying back up when we miss it. I love Jacob. He said this with God, like he wrestled with God. He said, listen, I will not stop until you bless me. I will wrestle with you and wrestle and wrestle and wrestle until I get my blessing. What if that was our desire over our kids and over the generations in our culture of like, you know what? I know what the world says. I know what they say that the millennials are going to be or the Y generation or all these kinds of things. But what if we wrestle and wrestle and sew garments and put things in place that say, hey, we're going to make sure they get blessed. Are you with me? Hebrews even talks about how Jesus fought for us and cried for us and interceded on our behalf. Hebrews 5, 7 says, in the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers, he did it with strong desire and strong crying. This is a story where Jesus is in the garden the night before he goes to the cross. <coughs> he's talking about the cup passing and all this stuff. And he's in a place of strong desire and prayer and intercession for who? For you, for his kids, for me. He was saying, if there's any way this cup can pass, if there's any way, not this, but even so, your will be done. Like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm interceding. I want to see this thing happen. What I'm telling you is there's going to be days. Maybe you have a wayward one now. Maybe you have a prodigal now. Maybe this is your situation. You're just in a place of, of just strong prayers and desires and it's crying and it, and it doesn't look good. Stay at it because the resurrection is coming. Are you with me? It's coming. So just stay in it. God sees it. Many of you right now, you are an answer to a prayer of a grandma, a mommy, a poppy, a grandpa. Somebody was just praying over you, praying, 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 sewing on a garment, never gave up on you. You sat in the worst places and mommy, poppy, grandma, grandpa, somebody sat there sewing your garment because they didn't believe that was your end. They believed that you had something to wear. We got to be the same thing for the next generation. Amen. Won't you stand? I'm going to dismiss us in just a minute, but I, I really want to encourage you moms. You're sowing something beautiful. We, we get excited about providing the Jesse doll or the Disney trip or all the things that we can give our kids. But the greatest thing you can do is provide a garment of God, of the things of God that will live on for generations in our families. Amen. So keep throwing prayers. Keep kissing heads, all, all of it. Keep waking up in the middle of the night and praying those prayers because you're sewing something together that's making a difference. God sees it, amen?